We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Been talking recently about, uh, I think two weeks ago, we talked about high cost uh, Christianity, high cost of following Jesus. And uh, last week we talked about an expression of that in uh, the opportunity to serve. And uh, this morning I want to talk about sacrifice in this high cost kingdom. So that sounds exciting, doesn't it? I wonder, when I say sacrifice, I wonder what is the first thing you think of. Do you think of, well, it's giving up time or money or energy, it's, you know, doing things, not necessarily what you do, what you want to do for other people. I wonder if you could be really honest and tell me if that's the first thing you thought of. Yeah? Three honest people. Thank you very much. Uh, That is what we mostly think of, first of all. Um, And uh, C.S. Lewis, in his uh, great article, The Weight of Glory, uh, spells out uh, something which is very true and very real. And we think because we're conditioned to think as a result of the uh, involvement over many centuries of uh, anti-God philosophers who bring a different thing, bring a different uh, view on things. And uh, we are in, in the position of being exposed to that and can end up imbibing that. Um, but actually God's view of sacrifice is more focused um, not about what we're going without, but the purpose of it. Who are we doing it for? The focus is just so much, oh, well, it's going to cost something, but actually, this is the privilege that we have in order to give something to someone else. And, of course, the whole gospel is based on that. And I believe that God wants us to to kind of catch the real heart of this. And the real heart of it is the joy and the privilege of giving, not that there's not a cost, but instead of focusing on the cost side, it's his plan, like he does, to focus on the purpose side, the privilege of actually giving and being able to give. Now, I'm going to give you various um, scriptures because I know that uh, some people really like to know the biblical basis uh, for these things. So Matthew 16, verses 24-25 says this, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Well, of course, there is the denying and taking up the cross and following him. But we can miss the first bit. He's giving us and setting before us the way to actually come after him. He's setting before us, here's a way which you can come closer, which you can know, which you can follow, which you can get the benefit. And it means, yes, there are things to be left behind. 
Have you ever played that game on the beach where you grab a handful of sand? I don't know if you've ever tried to grab a handful of sand and the tighter you hold it, the less you end up with. It somehow has an amazing thing. It kind of filters, somehow gets through your fingers and it doesn't matter. Tighter you hang on to it, the less you end up with. And I often think about that. You know, it's, it's not in the purpose of God that we have to hang on to anything. Um, we revived that sketch a couple of weeks ago uh, from the story, the parable of the pearl of greatest price. How the man was given the opportunity of releasing everything that he would get something which is of even greater value. And it was still a fantastic bargain. Now, the Bible is littered with examples of uh, sacrifice, an opportunity to sacrifice. Um, I, I just maybe pick out one or two as we go through. The, the one that occurred to me particularly was the story of uh, Elijah and the widow. Uh, this is where uh, there had been this um, lack of rain, according to what God had declared would be the case, to actually deal with the, the evil king and his reign. And uh, Elijah was, was on the run. Uh, the king was after him. And uh, God takes him to a brook. And it's an amazing thing. I mean, he's got the brook for water, and then he has uh, ravens come and feed him, um, bring whatever it was, meat and what have you. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know, but I think if I was Elijah, I'd be saying, well, it, it's tough, but God is, God is with us. You know, I mean, you know, look at this, the birds coming, and it's, a, it's the first takeaway, by the way, in, that we ever heard about. And, uh, it, and the, the brook's there. And then one day, because of what God has done, the brook dries up. Well, I thought God was looking after us. I thought God was making provision. Huh. Now it's all gone wrong. I guess only me has ever been in that place of feeling mm, it was God was doing it all right. Now it's not working out quite how I thought. Please feel sorry for me. Uh, obviously, you've never experienced that, but... Oh, one or two of you have, yes. Of course, God was in control, so what he's doing, he's just moving it on to the next stage of his provision. And he tells Elijah to get up and go to this place and uh, see this, uh, this widow and gathering sticks and, and uh, just tell her to make you some food. And of course she responds, she's got nothing. And this is the last she's got and she's going to feed her child. And that's it. Because those of you who know the story, he says, never mind, you, you, you do this. And of course then the, uh, the oil that she had continues to flow. She can supply others, she can uh, sell it. I mean, her whole situation was changed. And it was just part of this, this stream of God's provision 
God showing that sacrifice actually in his purpose leads to his provision and his way and his life. Of course, he gives us the opportunity. It's not a forced thing. So the, the whole concept <coughs> of giving something which you value as a communication of love. Yes, and it is a cost. When, when, the, when God told, um, this is in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, when God told uh, David uh, that he would build an altar in a certain place, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, God is God. He can do what he likes, how he likes, whenever he likes. I, I actually feel God sometimes feels let's have a bit of fun. I cannot comprehend a, a God that's all sort of serious and severe. Uh, and, you know, come on, let's just... I mean, he can do whatever. He can send, send us wherever in order to fulfill his purpose or catch his word. So he tells David, look, you want this plague dealt with, go and build me an altar. And he tells him to build an altar in, in somebody's freshing place. And uh, why do that? Why not just, you know, it's an altar, it's an altar, build it in the field. And then what he's got to have, so he goes along uh, to this guy called Aruna. And um, Aruna's a bit kind of taken aback because the king is coming and he's going to build an altar and he needs oxen and fuel, but he's actually going to do it in his place. So Aruna is he's probably quite smart and he says, well, look, O oh king, I, it's, it's yours, I give it to you. You, you can have it. Um, my oxen, my, my building, the whole thing, it's yours, just take it. David says this, and it echoes down through the ages, I cannot, I will not sacrifice to God something that costs me nothing. He is too valuable, too important. And I suppose in a very minor way, we'd be able to, to kind of uh, identify with that. You know, if you're going to give somebody a present, if I'm going to give my wife a present, I would not go to the pound shop. Well, I might do. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go to... And if I did, I, I'm kind of communicating. What am I communicating? Well, I've got to do something, so here you are. No, because, because I love her and I want to express that. I will go out and tour around the shops <laughs> via Amazon. <laughs> I'll do more than that. But if, you know, oh, it doesn't matter, just get anything. See, the very heart of the purpose of it to actually give and recognise and speak of our love costs something. God in his goodness is willing to free us up from the kind of 
long-term exposure to uh, anti-God philosophers who have caused us to feel it's all about doing harm to yourself or doing without a kind of uh, just a simple ascetic sort of approach in favour of the real truth of being able to express something uh, to, to God himself. Sacrifice that God wants comes in that idea where we have the opportunity in another way to be expressing something unto him and for him. The whole story of Jim Elliot. You know, I told you the other day, I could tell you the other day because Fernando wasn't here, um, but I've got to be a bit more careful today about these missionaries that were eaten by his great-great-great-grandfather. <laughs> he gets a little bit touchy if you get on that side. Interestingly, why is it so important? Well, there were, there's a, a lot of wonderful stories of people sacrificing for the kingdom, but this was one that God used when he was speaking to me and drawing me to himself. So it lives with you. And the thing that he said, uh, one of the things that he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Uh, I think that encapsulates uh, the, the heart of, of service and sacrifice. I mentioned recently C.T. Studd, one of the uh, great missionaries and one of the famous Cambridge Seven. Uh, if Christ be God and died for me, there is no sacrifice that, is, that can be too great in order to respond to him and to his love. And of course, the ultimate sacrifice was that Christ, God in Christ, died for us. He gave himself for you and me. Why? Let's come back to the essential theme. You all know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It was and will always be the ultimate expression and demonstration of love that he gave his one and only son, that we might be able to come into a relationship with him, that the barrier of sin and self-rule would actually be removed by one way and one way only, by entrusting ourselves unto the rule of Jesus Christ. So why would we engage in sacrifice? It's the way in which we can follow him. If any man will follow me, if anybody wants to come into that closer place, if anybody wants to join with me, it's his way of following. So we ought to look, what, what is this cross that he talks about? What, what is it we're supposed to sacrifice? And in a little while, we'll have a little look and go through a few things. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, though, gives a very, very important caution, if you like. He said simply this, that obedience is better than sacrifice. You can't give your way out, you can't buy your way out, you can't sacrifice your way out if you're not prepared to submit and be obedient to what he says. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Our purpose then is because we love him, to obey, to follow. You see, under the old covenant, in the Old Testament, 
And it's interesting that we're going to have a, an opportunity to look at the Bible uh, in this walk through the Bible, to look at that and look at some things uh, from a different approach in a different way. And I think that could be quite intriguing and interesting for us, even those of us that um, you know, have been around for a long, long time, you know, like Nathan. But you see, the Old Testament was all about that. Sacrifice, you know, they had to kill animals and sacrifice them on the altar and all these sorts of things. The New Testament, the New Covenant, coming out of what Jesus did, gave us a whole new covenant. The sacrifice in the New Testament is our lives. That's, that's our sacrifice. It's not, it's not the blood of bulls and goats, it's us. It's us giving our life to him, presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. Psalm 51 verse 17 says this, speaks about a broken spirit and a contrite heart. See, what it's coming to, what it's coming at is this, is that we can do things, we can give things, we can go without in order to do that. And that's good, and that is a precious opportunity that God gives us. But it has to come from the heart. It's the broken heart, the contrite heart. It must be, if it's going to count with God, something which is an expression of our heart. It can't just be doing things. Now, I don't think for a moment you, you're listening to this and you think, oh, we'll rush off and we'll see how much money we can give or who we can go and serve or, uh, you know, what we can give away. Or I, I'm not thinking that. What I'm thinking is we need to understand that the first place, the broken heart, the, uh, sorry, the broken spirit, the contrite heart, is the thing that primarily God looks for. So we start from the place, Lord, I can choose to do these things, to sound to serve, but I know that it's got to come from something that you're doing within. So my first place is, Lord, will you renew, touch, quicken, so that whatever I've known before is eclipsed by what you now give me in terms of my heart beating with your heart and reflecting what you want. So the nature of sacrifice. Remember, um, we, ha we have a, a naturally a different measuring system. Always remember that God's measuring system is cost. And we, particularly in the world we live in, tend to tend to uh, work on value, amount. Wow, this person gave this amount. Or this person did this. Yeah, Many years ago, uh, there was a guy actually in the church, many years ago, and I found people saying, oh, he's, he's, he's so generous. Uh, and it did appear like that. You give it to this one and help that one. Until... I think God one day opened my eyes to the, see what looked to be was this guy was basically buying influence. 
winning people to whatever he wanted. Then I heard, isn't it amazing how God does these things? Then I heard about a single parent who was choosing to, to go without some basic ingredients of what we would say, meat and butter and things like that, in order that she could give to a certain need and situation. And it suddenly struck me. God is measuring, not amount. We can get very impressed with amount. He measures cost. And that's why you see in the scripture the story about them coming, giving, and, and uh, making a big show of it, the Pharisees, and then the widow coming and giving just a, the tiny amount that she had. And he makes that point right there. He measures in cost. That's why in honour, preferring one another. You can't do this by law. Or in order to achieve something, we must do it from the heart. So we've been engaging in corporate praise this morning. And that's good. But the sacrifice of praise, I mean, yeah, I suppose there's some sacrifice in that, but the sacrifice of praise... It could be like this, well, I didn't feel like it, but, you know, when Nathan's up the front, you know what he's like, he's not, you know, he said he's not very friendly and pleasant, he's just very demanding and and he might look at me, might even call me out, so I have to do it. Yeah, it don't sound like a... By the way, underneath that exterior, there's some good stuff. I don't want you to be, you know... Sacrifice of praise... I'm just using that context. Sacrifice praise. Doing something or responding in some way that I don't really feel like. And of course that extends to everything. Why I didn't really feel like uh, talking to that person. Yeah, sacrifice. Sacrifice. The going against anything that the natural would just say, it's not my way, it's not my time. Costing something, giving up something for the sake of another, that is a higher thing. Let's have a little look then, having looked at what we mean by sacrifice, sacrifice that pleases God. Romans 12, verse 1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. See, we're back again. The Old Testament... It was dead sacrifices. Under the new covenant, this is wonderful new covenant, which God provides that we can't only fulfil the laws on the outside, but we can actually live differently on the inside. It changes not just the external action, but we can live with a whole different position in terms of our attitude, our thought life, our heart motivation. Present your bodies. It's the whole lot. It's not one thing or another. It's everything. It's my time. It's my money. It's my energy. Everything presented as a living sacrifice, which is wholly acceptable unto him. Sacrifice of life. See, life, we could describe like this. Our time, our money, our possessions, our energy... 
Sometimes when you're speaking, God just drops something into your mind and you prefer that he didn't. (sighs) Once he does it, you have to be obedient. I have very few possessions, but some are very important. The bag that I travel with is important. A friend, who shall remain nameless, said, can I borrow that bag? If that friend had asked for 500 pounds, it would have been easier with joy. Sometimes God just says, let's have a little test. Let's just have a, a little assessment along the way. And we have the choice. Let me get back to this. This is a lot safer. Our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our emotions. Well, I have a right to feel like this. I have a right to respond. Really? I thought you were dead and your life was hid with Christ in God. And as far as I know, a dead man doesn't have any rights. Decent burial, get rid of him. Don't have rights. Attitudes. Our eating, our sleeping, our work, our leisure. That is life. Hebrews 13, 15. To God, a sacrament. The fruit of our lips that confess his name. What a privilege. Privilege of actually uh, offering to God a sacrifice of praise. See it again in Romans 11, 33 to 36. I don't know if I've given you that one. Don't worry if I've not. All right, moving on. Hey, look at this one. Romans 12, verse 9. This is is interesting. Let Let him get it up. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to that what is good. This is about allowing ourselves to be transformed by God. That's what he's, that's, that's the business he's in. Moving us from one degree of glory to another. Becoming constantly more like him. Allowing, letting go of self to be transformed. We can, our love can be sincere. That means without hypocrisy. Uh, not play acting. You know, to love your brother as I pass by. Well, I've not stopped to see what, why is he laying on the floor? Well, I just love him and just pass by. Somebody else will deal with it. I don't mean literally laying on the floor, but what's going on? What's happening? Loving enough means, oh, yeah, poor Anthony was just telling me a problem with his wife again. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, pray for you, brother. Sincere love? Come on. Let your love... This This is what is... What God wants, sincere love, without hypocrisy, without play acting, doing good, sharing with others. Bible talks about doing all in the name of Jesus. You're sacrificing as a gift to one who paid it all at Calvary. I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. I'm doing this for him, to him, and as though I'm doing it for him when I'm doing it for you. And then the sacrifice of giving. You know, in the Old Testament, again, they brought gifts of um, a farmer bring olives and a shepherd bring sheep and, and 
all these kind of sacrificial offerings. Again, in the New Testament, we bring ourselves. We live in a monetary society. We go to work. Most of us get paid in money in some form or another. If you get paid in olives or sheep, well, then that's, you, know, you can deal with that accordingly. What does that represent? That represents the, the increase of our lives. We have gone, we have worked, we have gained something as a result. So we're giving of our lives, we're giving of the increase of our lives. We use the term, it's like if we give money, it's giving us in foldable form because it's giving part of the increase of our lives. We, another expression of giving our lives to him. And then, of course, giving to God is one of the privileges that we have. Giving to those in need. Again, biblical example. Uh, moving on quickly, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Don't like that one. To be so counter-culture so opposite, to come in a totally different spirit that instead of seeing your enemy hungry, feed the enemy. Do good to those who would come against you. That's sacrifice. That's what God empowers us to do. Hebrews 13, 16, do good and share with others. For such sacrifice, for with such sacrifice, God is pleased. I'm just going through listing the things that he likes as sacrifice. So we're not bringing our sacrifice like the Old Testament. We are one ourselves. It's living sacrifice. Whether we're worshipping, uh, whether we speak, whether we're just watching something, whether we're thinking something, where we're going, it's us and our lives And that is the opportunity we have to continually demonstrate our love by sacrificing to him. When I was looking at this, I just want to share this with you. Again, it's about sacrifice. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 8. I'm not commanding you. This was, sorry, by the way, he was talking about how giving should be, all right? And giving can be money, can be serving. Last week we are talking a lot about serving and serving opportunities. Uh, Care for one another. That, That all comes in. I'm not commanding you to give, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He just, in that chapter, he just commended uh, the the unbelievable giving of of the Macedonians. Uh, how they gave themselves first to God, then to the brethren in love, and then out of that, as an expression of that, that's when they gave their money, gave their offering. What he's saying is, I want to test the sincerity of your love. He's linking it, not with what they gave, not commanding to give. We don't do that. That's not, that's not kingdom. Uh, but it's the heart that is behind it. That is the expression of heart that matters. That's the big thing. The sincerity of your love. So what about these offerings? What about these giving? Jesus 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Again, he made the ultimate sacrifice, looking forward to being able to express his love, an expression of love to you, every single one. Not just to us as a general thing, but to you personally and individually. He's so loved. And for the joy of seeing you close to him, in his purpose, with your life under his rule, so that he can do the very, very best for you. That was the joy that he was experiencing as he paid the ultimate price. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at lifelineuk.